And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Hello and welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Dave DeFore here with Mo Nikhil for your Game 2 recap. Big night, Mo. Bunch of Game 2s in the playoffs and the NBA drops a bomb on us in the middle of the Clippers-Suns game. (laughs) I mean, just absolutely throwing everyone off, trying to sneak in the news of Draymond's suspension. We'll get to that in a minute, but we're here to talk hoops, so let's talk about this game because the Suns and Clippers now have a series. It's tied 1-1. The Suns offense came alive. 123-109. They beat the Clippers. And Mo, early on, getting nervous for the Suns, but then they had that flurry. They scored 10 out of 11 possessions to close the first half and tie the game up. And then it was a lot of Kevin Durant. But Devin Booker was the star of the show. 38 points, 4 of 7 from 3, 9 assists, and tenacious defense tonight. Devin Booker, star of the game. Absolutely. I mean, it was phenomenal. The shots he was making, to be honest, like as much as we were killing Phoenix, they were really in game one until the final last couple of possessions. And we kind of, I think, lost that idea throughout the the course of when we were talking about this series. They were right in the mix the entire time. And I think this is a beautiful uh, display of shot making across the board. Clippers also got to get better. I mean, the the scenarios where Zubach is not up to touch a lot on some of those three-point attempts when uh Booker was coming off the mm-hmm. the pick and roll for threes and things like that. A massive massive just mistake across the board from them and that's really kind of the stuff that let him get going. Another thing, I I thought that they were closing out really, really hard on Booker, and he started taking advantage of it. He loves to get going downhill, and and in the fourth quarter, he was faster than everybody on the court. And so when, when, you know, you had Eric Gordon and you had Norman Powell flying out on him, and he was taking advantage, pushing the ball out and getting inside, getting to the free throw line. A great overall game. And, And, you know, look, Kevin Durant was out there too, had 25 points. But, Mo, you sent me a text during the first half of this game because this is kind of how we do the running thing when we're taking notes, you and me especially. We we try to talk a little bit. What's on our mind during this game? And you said, does Monty Williams have the guts to bench Chris Paul? And I was like, I don't know. Second half showed us why he couldn't bench Chris Paul. Number one, they don't have the depth. But number two, man, masterful second half for Chris Paul. I mean, Chris Paul went from being washed in the first half to washing the Clippers in the second half. Like he was hitting his his mid range at a wild uh, percentage. He went six to eight in the second half for twelve points. That was the difference in the game. These were the shots he was missing at the end of game one that he was making in this one. And I think that's one of the major differences in this game. You know, and and this is what makes the Suns most dangerous when they're ready to roll, right? Because we saw it. Hey. They went and doubled 
Kevin Durant. He got off the ball quickly. It was Devin Book on the second side. You have opportunities for them all across the board. You know, you try to pressure your defense to load up on Booker. KD is going to be open. And then you have KD, or excuse me, then you have Chris Paul running pick and roll, pushing it and driving and, and coming off the situations, finding Aiton and things like that. It's This is the Suns that your team should be afraid of. Yeah, and look, between Aiton, Chris Paul, and Booker, and not to mention Kevin Durant, they just completely dominated that drop coverage. Just ate them up in the mid-range. DeAndre Aiton had a really nice game, 14 points, had 13 rebounds, had some key offensive rebounds late to kind of seal the deal. Um, but still not the force that we want inside, but it doesn't really matter when you can shoot like that. I'm, I'm, I'm quitting on trying to get him <laughs> to be forceful. I've given up. I've given up. He wins. I yield. You're just yeah, never going to be a forceful player. And that's the end of it. And I'll uh, every now and then won't be able to resist myself and will tweet something about it, but still it is what it is for what he does. I think the, um, he had a solid game. The, the, Five fouls. I like that he had that. It was aggressive. It meant he was being aggressive in how he was playing and attacking. And I think that's important there. I don't want him to have a game where he's just getting one or two fouls and 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 playing a lot of finesse. He was important. Listen, they all played a big game. One guy we got to talk about, and I, I didn't mention it in the rundown or anything like that. Tory Gregg's been absolutely phenomenal for the Suns. You know, we were wondering who's going to be the fifth guy for them. He had a big game in game one, and he followed up in game two, knocking down shots. He's been phenomenal for them, and he did a good job pressuring Kawhi. You're not going to stop Kawhi, but he did a good job kind of pressuring him. Yeah, and five of eight from three, which was huge because, you know, we talked about how he was being just left wide open, and you got to make him pay in those instances, and he has so far in the series. All right, let's swing it to the Clippers. Russell Westbrook was three of 19 in the last game, and we talked about it. I mean, it was just an awful game from him, and then he comes up, Huge at the end and saves it. And Mo, this game, he was fantastic. He was awesome. And then they lose. I I, I don't know, man. I throw my hands up. I, I do want to give him credit. 28 points, 9 of 16 from the field, 2 of 3 from 3. Mo, he really did let the game come to him when they were leaving him wide open. He wasn't getting baited into bad threes. They took only three. And I didn't think any of them were bad threes. They were, none of them were rushed. None of them were early shot clock. Uh, this was an under control game. And, and honestly, he was the key to their success for, for most of the game. Like when they were having good success in the first half, he was spurring it on. Yeah, I it was some fool's gold a little bit with what he was doing in the first half, like the shots he was making and he was doing good. He was doing a good job. Like you said, let the game come to him. Didn't force a lot of things. He was good on the offensive end. I didn't think he was very good defensively. He had moments defensively, but not great. I didn't think he was really that locked in on that end of the court. And I think that's one of those things that really showed. And that was the difference between game one and game two. And I think that was the the, the game changer for them, for the Clippers in that respect. Offensively, I felt like in the second half, I, even he was making the shots he was making in the first half, I said, ah, he might shoot you out. And he kind of did. Dave, he had a god-awful turnover down the stretch of this game. He had one where it looked like he was trying to get it to Eric Gordon because he thought Eric Gordon was open. And he threw this thing like five feet above his head, way out, like almost out of bounds. Like it's a just an awful turnover. And of course, the Suns came back and scored on the other end. I think it was the DeAndre and layup from Chris Paul in the pick and roll. Like at that point, I was like, that's ball game. Yeah, that was such a bad swing right there. And, and it can be troublesome. And listen, the Clippers need somebody to step up next to Kawhi. You know, listen, I mean, 
Westbrook did a great job in the first couple of quarters, wasn't able to sustain it. I think that's going to be the answers the Clippers are going to need to be trying to. That needs to be the question the Clippers are trying to answer at the as they look for the stuff in Game Three. Yeah, absolutely. And and as Mac for a better tomorrow t- says in the YouTube chat. He smoked a dunk, too, there at the end of the game. Chris Paul got his hand on that ball, I think. But Chris Paul also uh, a couple deflections on Russell Westbrook passes. I mean, Chris Paul, again, fantastic second half. Uh, just we, we were ready to give up on him, Mo, and I can't believe it. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, 31 points, 3 of 5 from 3. I mean, he looks like Kawhi Leonard. I, I don't know what more to say at this point. He had a, a, an amazing steal on a KD crossover where his mitt was just sitting there waiting for the ball. Like, he had read the, that the crossover was coming, gets the steal, Drives down court with with two players on him, one of whom was seven foot tall, Kevin Durant, and just sorts of sort of shrugs them off like the Incredible Hulk for a dunk. And Kawhi to me has been the best player in this series, both ways. I, I'll give Booker the the tip of the cap for being right behind him there. Um, he's got to be even better than this, Mo. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he can do much more. What else can we ask from him? He's doing a great job of the defense. He's I mean, if, like you said, this, just him ripping that crossover away, unbelievable with everything that he's doing. He's carrying the offense. You know, he disappeared a little bit in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter at the end. And a lot of it had to do with because all the Suns did was we're just going to deny the hell out of him. And it, and it worked and it forced somebody else to kind of score. I don't know if he can do much more. I don't think it's fair to ask him to do much more, to be honest with you. He played a ton of minutes, 38 minutes tonight. And I think that's, you know, tough one with the game coming on Thursday night. Like, it's not like there's two games in between played a, a heavy load. I believe in, in, in the first game too. I can't remember his minutes. Total, I think it was still, around 42 minutes in the first game. Yeah. That's a lot for Kawhi in two straight games uh, with one day in between. So this is going to be kind of loading up on him and you have to worry about him wearing down to a degree with everything that he's got to do on both ends. Somebody needs to step up for the Clippers in this game. Yeah. Sorry. Right. So this, we've got two games in the series. It's going to be in LA. Uh, you said it was on Thursday. I think I didn't double double check the schedule. Um, but let me ask you, Mo, do you feel like this the tide has sort of turned and, and the Clippers maybe lost their chance here? Or, or do you feel like it's a more even series than we would have thought before the series started? No, I think it's a more even series than, than we thought. I think a lot of us just kind of made the assumption without Paul George, the Clippers are going to have a lot of problems. And we saw the problems in this game too. But they've also shown a ton of fight throughout the series. And I think, you know, even in game one, they came back, they were down 10. They came back and continued to get going from there. And I think the issues going forward for the Suns is like the depth, you know, what happens if Torrey Craig's not hitting shots? You know, what happens if we, we, we saw when Chris Paul's mid range isn't hitting, it's a problem for them. You know, we these things aren't going to go away. Chris Paul had a great game and all of that stuff, I was ready to retire him at halftime. So I think there's a lot of stuff there where it's like, let's see if he can continue to do this because he's also up there in age and playing a, a heavy minutes load. Same for KD, same for Booker. So I think it's it's going to be interesting, but this is going to be closer series. I don't think this is the tightest turn situation. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, let's get to the big NBA news drop that happened during this game. Um, obviously, the the Draymond Green, Demonis Sabonis situation where Draymond stomped Demonis Sabonis at the end of game two in the Sacramento Golden State series, and, and he gets ejected. Well, here's the, the the payback for Draymond Green. He has been suspended without pay, and it and they cite a history of actions, Mo. And, and that I think is kind of the key thing here is, is that Draymond does have a track record. This isn't even the first playoff game he will have missed for something like this. Um, this is a huge deal. And this could be the end of the series for the Warriors. I might even go a step further. This might be the end of the Warriors. This becomes a massive issue here. How much are you going to keep? I mean, as great as Draymond is and important to this team, and we keep saying heart and soul, the team, all that fun stuff. How much are we going to keep putting up with this? You know, and I think that's one of those things that's really a concern. And I don't mean it to be a hot take or anything like that, but that's a problem. I mean, this is going to hurt them in the series. I mean, it's going to possibly end their season. You know, they go down 3-0 against Sacramento. I don't care how good they are at home. They're not winning that series. And I think that's the, the issues at hand. And I don't think it was just the stopping, Dave. We've all seen the video of him egging on the crowd and it had a lot of shades of what he was doing in Memphis last year when Memphis completely destroyed them in a game and he's out there and jumping up and down and doing all that stuff like make no mistake about it Adam Silver was in this crowd in Sacramento for game two he definitely took notice on how Draymond was acting towards the crowd in that response there's no way to think that didn't play a role in his situ in his suspension I think this is a a, a massive massive misstep by him and I, i'm not surprised yeah and and now the warriors are scrambling they, they're already small they're going to be smaller um you know when we're thinking about the on-court situation for them i mean they now i i assumed they were going to start small to to begin game three that lineup that they sort of found you know with gary payton and, and with draymond at the center i assume that would at least some variation of that would be the starting lineup for game three. And now I guess you have to go with Looney, but you know, as you mentioned in one more thing today, they have to play drop with Looney and the Kings have absolutely crushed it. What's the points per possession in drop for the Kings right now? I think in game two, it was 1.3. And I think that's just a massive problem there. They're killing them, absolutely killing them in, drop coverage and it wasn't just Looney Draymond was in a lot of drop as well so I don't think it's just something with Looney it's their 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 stance on it this is the one thing that has confused me with just the whole series Dave I told you on Nerd or She Wrote I was convinced the Warriors were going to win this series because they were going to deny the catches to Sabonis they've done the exact opposite they are basically making it the easiest pass for the Kings to make and then try to play defense after that. And it's become a massive problem for them with just not being able to contain the guards. And I think that's a, a 
critical misstep from the game plan area. And now without Draymond, and you're going to be smaller, you're already hemorrhaging offensive rebounds beforehand, now you're smaller, this is going to be an extremely difficult chance for them to pull off a win. They're going to need everybody playing a perfect game. Clay's going to have to go like 8 of 10 from 3. Curry's going to have to go nuclear. You're going to have to get shots from Dante DiVincenzo. Jordan Poole actually has to play basketball. Has to be able to defend on the other end of the court and knock down shots. Looney's going, one, can't get in foul trouble. Because they don't have any other. The next big that they're probably going to go to is Jermichael Green. Jermichael Green. And that's a problem. And, you know, Jonathan Kaminga's not ready to take on Sabonis. He's going to get beat up by Sabonis if he has to guard him. I don't know a way the Warriors can win that game. Yeah, it's it's looking pretty bleak. But, you know, they always have Steph Curry, and it's hard to bet against Steph Curry. There were other playoff games earlier in the day, Mo, that were not interrupted by the NBA dropping some news. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers have evened up their series with the New York Knicks, 107 to 90. Shades of two things for the Cavs. Number one, that defense showed up. Man, they were excellent in this game. Just stuffing the Knicks the whole game. But Darius Garland showed up. 32 points. 26 in the first half, which really was all she wrote for the Knicks. They just they just didn't have the, the juice to get it done in the second half to, to mount a huge comeback. The Cavs look great. But, Mo, I worry about the offense being sustainable for them. I mean, this has been an issue for them all year. Half-court offense. Darius Garland's great. That's awesome. 32 points. He's a great player. I still am worried they're going to be able to generate offense like this consistently for the rest of the series. Well, I think part of it is, and I think the important aspect of it is, they got Garland involved. That was the problem at the end of the fourth, uh, just the end, the whole fourth quarter of that game, game one. They really didn't get Garland a lot of touches and give him a lot of chances to cook. And I think this game from early on, you could see the mindset of like, we're going to let Garland go and start attacking. And he, it really paid off massive dividends. And then on the defensive end, cause you brought up the defense, there was a phenomenal possession early in the game against quickly where uh, Garland switches on to quickly at, off of a, a handoff and then avoids two different screens. Does a good job navigating, going over the screens and then the Cavs trap him in the corner, force a turnover and get going in the other way. That is critical for them. Like that kind of defense and that sort of grind from them. I think this is going to be a seven game series. I thought that this is extremely tight both ways for both teams, but I think I was really just impressed with the, the attitude Garland came out with and the attention of the entire Cavs team of like, we're going to get Garland to go off. And he did. One of the biggest takeaways from this game. I think if you're just like glancing at the box score, Isaac Okoro only plays three minutes in this game. Karis Levert played 40 off the bench was plus 23 had 24 points, four of nine from three. My assumption, Mo, he's going to be the starting lineup for game three because Cleveland knows that they need more offense. Now, if they don't go with Karis LeVert, my guy Danny Green fits him really, (laughs) really well and still allows you to bring Karis LeVert off the bench. How how do you feel about Danny Green being in the starting lineup for a playoff team in 2023? It's a good idea, right? I thought you were going to start this whole thing. I mean, the po- the entire podcast and show with Danny green, I thought the intro was going to be Danny green, knocking down shots and all of those things. Look, I think it was, I was surprised to see Danny out there. I was like, Oh wow. They really are reaching and things like that. But if he can give a minutes, I think it matters in that sense. I think the moment is too big for a Coral. I think he's really kind of shown that. I think you're right. I think Levert will end up starting game three and then we'll see from there 
how it goes. I think they'll give Okoro some run in that instance, but they have Danny there ready to go to it. But Levert's going to play the the big minutes. And it's going to be a question of which Levert are you getting? Game one, Levert stunk up the place. He was horrible. Game two, Levert was better. There are still some possessions he hijacked, but for the most part, he was solid for them and made some critical plays. So which one are you going to get? And if you get game one, Levert, then I think you're going to have to start scrambling and you'll see more of your guy. Yeah, yeah, I, I hope so. Uh, and we should note, uh, end of this game, Tom Thibodeau had his starters out there. And, and after the game, Julius Randle. Yeah, out after the game, Julius Randle did explain that that he actually asked to stay in the game. He's trying to get his legs under him and get his conditioning back up because he's been dealing with that ankle injury. Well, they get a steal. The Knicks get a steal. And, and Julius Randle has a breakaway dunk attempt thwarted by Jared Allen. But Jared Allen comes in wildly and dangerously. and. and that was an ugly, nasty foul, and he, and he gets a flagrant for that. Um, but even though it looked really, really awful for Julius Randle, seems like he's going to be okay and, and should be fine to go for game three. But that was that was kind of dirty. Well, there was one, it was fake hustle. He was coming from behind on the play. There was no chance he was going to make a play on the ball. And I think it was just a, a him trying to go like, look, coach, I'm running back. I'm playing hard and all that stuff. That fake hustle can always lead to injuries. That's mm -hmm. a very dangerous play in that instance right there. I'm glad Julius is okay and we're ready to roll because we don't need any more injuries for the rest of the playoffs. Yeah, and I mean, I'm glad I'm glad Jared Allen's okay. It was dangerous for him too. And by the way, dirty play, not dirty player. Uh, important to note there. Um, and then the Celtics, they're up 2-0 on the Atlanta Hawks. Mo, Mo, I think the big question for this, Mo, is who wants to trade for Trey Young this summer? He was just abused in this game. Um, you know, DeJounte Murray. Yeah, DeJounte Murray led the way for the Hawks with 29 points. Um, I, if we talk about the Celtics, I think you got to start with their guard play. Derek White has just been amazing for them. Malcolm Brogdon coming off the bench and Marcus Smart. I mean, there is no drop-off in their rotation, no matter who's out there. And all three of those guys at one point played together in this game. Mo, the Celtics... Uh, might be a better version of last year's team. If Rob Williams can ramp up and get himself back in the starting lineup, God, did we overlook the Celtics? No, I think everybody has been saying it's it's either Boston or Milwaukee that's going to go to the finals. I don't think uh, it's tough to say we overlooked it when we said one of two teams is going to the finals and they're one of the teams. I, that's not overlooking them. I think that's kind of the uh, scenario there with them. This is These games shouldn't be close. There's a massive gulf between these two teams and how they play, how they attack. The, the Hawks have too much talent to be this bad, but they're that bad. They struggle with – they don't have an offensive identity. They're trying to figure it out with a new coach hired midway through the season and trying to kind of find that whole system and vibe. Uh, it's pretty clear Trey Young is not well-liked, not just within his own team. You saw it in the athletic uh, poll of uh, players that Trey Young came in as the most overrated player in the NBA. And that's amongst his peers or what he thinks might be his peers. I think there's a lot of things that are problematic there for the Celtics. Just phenomenal. I mean, Jason Tatum, 29 points chilling. I think one thing I'd worry about is those guys playing way too many minutes. And I think this is a, a you, you should be able to close out the Hawks without having to have Jason Tatum play 40 minutes. Jalen Brown playing, you know, 35 minutes. I think that's, one area I'd like to see them kind of close out and not let them back into these games. Yeah, and I mean, maybe the Celtics are just thinking, we only have two games left and then we're going to have like 10 days off, you know? Um, well, no, they're playing They're playing the the winner of uh, 
uh, excuse me, they're playing the winner of Philly Brooklyn. And I think we know who's going to win that one, too. I think we know who's going to win. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today's show, folks. Thank you guys for listening. From Mo Keel, I'm Dave DeFore, and this has been the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Mo, let's get out of here. Ding, ding. <laughs>